It's time for Sports Wrap on 760 WJR. All right, this is the wrap on 760 WJR. To a car phone we go. Dave, thanks for hanging on. You're on 760. Gentlemen, and Stephen Dan, you got the chemistry. It's cooking. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Are you calling us from your office? I'm doing Sports Center tonight. With Are you really? Dan Patrick. Well, I'm very impressed. By the way, give Dan our best. He's a good man. And, I will. Uh, hey, uh, hey, Dan. Chuck Swirsky says hi. This is the best sports rap has ever been, in my opinion. Now, here's your host, Chris Renwick. No. Uh, Chris is off tonight. Uh, so we are stepping in. He is Eric Dorch. I'm Sean Belegian. Jason Fissler here as well. It is sports rap on a Sunday night. 760 WJR. Of course, uh, Bill Keenis coming up at about 7 o'clock. We'll have grid iron rap, but... Fellas, good evening. As you were saying, uh, Eric, uh, boy, it feels great to be a Detroit fan, doesn't it? Oh, I love being a Detroit fan this weekend. It is great. Just great. Lions. Guys, oh. I was going to pull some highlights from today's game, but there were none. No, there there, there weren't. That That's was. <laughs> you know, I tweeted this out, and I don't think, uh, Jason, you are more than welcome to correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Eric. Same goes for you. You're more than welcome to correct me if I'm wrong. I am not one that jumps at the low-hanging fruit. You know, I've been fortunate enough to do this for many years, Mm -hmm. and I'm not somebody that just jumps out there. And, Eric, you used the term before the show started, drops the hot take. You know, I I like to try to be measured and and take in a bunch of time uh, before coming to conclusions, et cetera, et cetera. So with all that being said, we're at the time where we kind of have to question Dan Campbell's in-game performance, right? Yep. Agreed. I would agree. I'm look, you get later in the game and you're that far behind. All right. Your decision-making has to change, has to be a little more aggressive when it's the first quarter and nobody's scored yet, and you still you know that this team's going to hit you in the mouth a couple times, you need to play smart. You need to play conservative. Going for it on all these fourth downs again and again, after a while, you just lose the element of surprise. It's not a surprise that you're going to do it. So teams can play a little bit differently for you. They There's no point in having a punter or a field goal kicker for the Lions because we don't use them. And I really, especially the, the fourth and nine, I really question – what he's thinking there. It just doesn't make sense. Well, I'm a big believer and I could be wrong. I I could be wrong, but I am um, a, a big believer in momentum and, and shifts during the course of the game. And I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen something happen with the lions under Dan Campbell. And it's almost like, Ugh, and to their credit, they don't stop fighting. I'm not saying he lost the team or anything dramatic like that, okay? Uh, so please keep it in its proper context. I'm also trying to choose my words very carefully because I'm not making the hot take saying fire him now, anything like that, okay? But we're at the point where we have to question, is this how it's going to be? And if this is how it's going to be, I don't think he's going to have success as a head coach. And I'll give them credit. They keep fighting and golly gee and biting kneecaps and all of that stuff. Uh, You don't see, you know, the quit that you've seen in some of the lion teams in the past. But with that being said, when there's a gut punch 
and the wind gets knocked out of you, it takes a little while to get it back. And in the meantime, the damage can be done during that time. Oh, absolutely. I'm not going to use this as an excuse at all. I'm really not. I don't know a team in the league that's playing with as much loss as the Lions are. They lost their entire secondary today and then some. They didn't have their number one and number two weapon on offense at today. Uh, You know, Swift out playing is a big deal because no offense to Craig Reynolds or uh, Jefferson, there's a drop off. You know, Jamal Williams is great, but Swift is just a different kind of animal. Uh, And having Shark, a big body target, helps out a lot. You know, that secondary hurting. But at the same time, yes, I'm I'm with you. I think momentum is such a key thing in sports. And every fourth down when they couldn't convert, you could see that offense trotting off the field. And they were just – they had nothing. There was no hype. There was no, all right, we got it next time. They were jogging off, heads down, had nothing to give. And it, it, it makes it hard because it, it makes that defense know, okay, we, gotta, we have to stop them. And it just puts way too much pressure on them. And it, it's tough to keep going when you cannot get momentum – at all in a game and fellas i eric i agree with you and this is one thing you know i i made the mistake of trying to reason with people on twitter and as you well know that's that's just futile in and of itself let me be crystal clear i've said it on these airwaves i i've said it when i was working on television i've i've said it in in the multiple places where i'm fortunate enough to be able to talk sports i like brad holmes if if you aren't paying attention. This is about what he does with those draft picks that he picked up in the Matthew Stafford deal. So if you follow it to its logical conclusion, this is about seeing where we're at from a personnel standpoint in 2023 and starting to count the wins. I wasn't expecting a lot last year. I wasn't expecting a lot this year. And Eric, you are 100% spot on. You also have the injuries. But let's put that over there. Those are all valid things. Let's stay on this. All of that has nothing to do with in-game decisions as far as I'm concerned. And and the moment being too big. And, you know, quizzical – I mean, the Minnesota game is another example. Mm -hmm. So many things like that make me wonder, okay, if this does come to fruition – and the Lions get two more outstanding first-round picks. And, you know, you watch the guys drafted this year blossom further in year two. And, and, and you watch some of the guys even next year in later rounds maybe jump in and provide. Is this the guy that's going to take the Lions to the next level? And I think that's a fair question to ask right now. Because right now, you know what? From a rah-rah standpoint, from a great personality standpoint, from a soundbite uh, standpoint, love the guy. Love the guy. Seems like a really nice guy. I don't know Coach Campbell at all. I'm not going to pretend to. Mm-hmm. From a football standpoint, there are more questions than there are answers. I I couldn't agree with you more. I love Dan Campbell and everything. Hard knocks. He was great to see. You, you see the press conferences. You see the videos and the interactions. I love Dan Campbell until he puts a headset on. And then I start getting very nervous about what we're going to get. That's not to say that I don't think he can figure it out. I think he's just trying to do his own brand of always be aggressive football. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're going to do that, it, it has to have a positive result at some point. And the last couple of weeks, we have not seen a positive result. Somewhere along the line, I feel like when he was, you know, working his way up the coaching ranks, someone told him, Punting is a sign of quitting, and I don't know why he thinks that because it's not going to hurt us. Let let you know. Try to pin him back. Try to make that uh, that other team's offense have to go the length of field. Don't give them short fields every time because it makes it that much harder to keep them off the scoreboard. 
Now, Eric, you're absolutely right, and and it, it's frustrating to see a game like this. I mean, let, let's be honest. There were a lot of people out there mm-hmm. that thought that the Lions might be able to get three, and I know some people that lived in <clears throat> La La Land, thought they <laughs> might get four wins before the bye week. Of course, the Lions, uh, in, in, in case you did not know, uh, are off next week before they take on Jason Fistler's Dallas Cowboys. More on that in just a moment. And they stumble into this bye at one and four. Uh, and, and this loss, the worst of the four. Lions mm-hmm. fall to one and four, getting shut out today by, uh, I have no other way to say this, much respect to the winningest coach in NFL history. A very pedestrian New England Patriot team. Very pedestrian New England Patriot team. And I think that adds to the misery of today. Absolutely. I mean, look, this is the Detroit Lions of past. We make third-string quarterbacks look great. Bailey's happy. Just had a great game against us. I, I wouldn't say that the Patriots had anything going for them that made them look like an unstoppable force. They're a 1-3 and three team, too. The only difference is they found ways to get the other team's offense off the field, and they had maintained the ball. They ran the ball very, very effectively today, and it just made things very tough for the Lions. And it's a lot of this is on the defensive end. Aaron Glenn's got to get in that defensive locker room and figure out how to get this defense going where they can at least get off the field a time or two. Yep. No doubt about that. That was another guy. Let's be honest. Eric, I'm glad you brought that up. Many people were ready to put Aaron Glenn on the pedestal of pedestals. He was a head coaching candidate last year. My, oh, my. Uh, I'm surprised Jason's engaged at all. His Cowboys are on right now and leading <laughs> the Rams. So we'll get into that. Special guest joining us next. Scary injury today. I still don't know the details, but too many of these injuries are happening across the National Football League. Of course, I'm talking about Savion Smith. Uh, you remember the injury to Tua a couple weeks ago. A guy that knows a little something about that will be joining us next. Dr. Saul Kogan from the Nerve and Disc Institute will be joining us next on Sports Rep here on 760 WJR. Now back to more Sports Rap. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. All right, Sean Belegian and Eric Dork sitting in for Chris Renwick tonight here on Sports Rep 760 WJR. Uh, love to talk to guys like this. I mean, one of the things that it almost seems like a weekly occurrence, sadly, across the world of football. I mean, a seemingly innocuous play like the Savion Smith situation today. I mean, it just didn't look bad at all. And the one thing that we've learned with a lot of these injuries is, yeah, you can you can hurt yourself with a big hit, and yeah, you can hurt yourself really, really badly just by getting hit the wrong way in, in something that doesn't look scary. And I don't like when guys try to pl- uh, play doctor on the radio. I will not play doctor on the radio. So what do we do? We call a real doctor and a guy that knows – uh, something about this and the, the horrible images that will stay in our minds forever uh, with Tua a few weeks back. Uh, the, of course, the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins, Dr. Saul Kogan from the Nerve and Disc Institute, kindly joins us here on Sports Rap. And, and first of all, Dr. Kogan, really appreciate you taking the time. How are you, sir? 
Great, guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, it, it, I'm sure you saw the play today to Savion Smith. I mean, we don't know the details. I'm not going to ask you to, to, to try to guess when you don't know what's going on. But as I was saying before you come on, I mean, we see so many of these things now. And, and oftentimes somebody will say, well, that didn't look bad. When you're talking about things like your head and your neck and concussions, uh, sometimes that's even more scary, Dr. Kogan. Oh, for sure. And and like you said, it's not always how big it is. It's it's how it happened and where it is. So something seemingly uh, something that would seem like a, not really a big deal could be a very, very big deal. Tell us about your background, because, you know, of, of course, we've heard you talking with Chris and we've we've heard you on the the air here on 760 WJR. I, I think you've got a great backstory. You were a wrestler in high school and, and something happened to you that kind of made you say, hey, listen, this is something that I want to do. I want to help others that were maybe in my position. Oh, yeah, no question. You know, I really believe everything happens for a reason. And I'm on this call with you today as, um, you know, because it's something that happened to me almost 40 years ago. As a high school wrestler, I was thrown to my back and I felt lightning bolts going down both legs. I was, this was probably, this was a few weeks before the Freestyle State Championships. And uh, I literally couldn't move for a couple minutes. When I got up, the pain was so severe, obviously I couldn't continue. After that, I went to 11 of the area's best doctors. I went to the best orthopedic guy. I went to the best pain guy. I went to all these different guys and everyone agreed on one thing. And that's that I would not be able to wrestle in the freestyle state championships. Um, you know, so when I tell this story, everyone says, well, why, why'd you go to so many doctors? Well, the obvious answer was I wanted someone to tell me what I wanted to hear. So I went to a 12th doctor and he looked at me and he evaluated everything, looked me straight in the eyes. And he said, I'll have you ready in two weeks. Two weeks later, I was a freestyle, the high, the freestyle state championship, the 105 pound freestyle state champion. And, you know, I decided that day that I wanted to be like that doctor, meaning I wanted to look outside of the box. I wanted to use the newest technology. I wanted to find ways that were new and different to help people. So when I finally graduated many years later and became a doctor, I was more than motivated. I was inspired. And as a result of that, I built one of the largest practices in the country, seeing 600 people a week which was insane. But one of the things that happens when you see a lot of people is you see all kinds of people. And I happen to see an Olympic gold medalist dissipation uh, and some professional athletes. As a result of that, the Detroit Lions in 2000 asked me to be one of their team doctors where I, where I, where I was with them until 2014. Um, and ultimately, I've been taking care of the Tigers for the last few years. But as a result of that, uh, I, I met the governor, and the governor appointed me, uh, appointed me to the state board, and um, I became chairperson. And one of the jobs that I had was to investigate complaints. And someone made a complaint about a doctor that was advertising some space-age technology that defied gravity. And it was the, the advertising just didn't make sense. So I, I flew, to, flew to Chicago where I had a friend that had one of these type of machines to look at it. And um, I saw that he had a really great success rate with it, but it had nothing to do with NASA or any accidental space finding. Anyway, he knew I had a back problem. And he looked at me. I mean, if by this point, I, 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 could barely, I could barely tie my shoes. My back was so bad. 
And he looked at me and he said, get on the machine. And reluctantly I did within 10 minutes. It was the best I felt in 10 years. Next, next day I spent over a hundred thousand dollars and bought one of these machines. Uh, and when I was flying home, I was thinking about the type of care we give professional athletes. And I, I, you know, I thought to myself, God, they just get way better health care. Why is that? What is the type of health care? Well, there's really a few factors that, that make their health care better. One is they have a group approach. Two is they use the newest and best technology. And three, and probably most importantly, is they always look to treat the cause of the symptom not just the pain. And, and this hmm. is crucial because yeah. if you're just treating pain, when the medicine wears off or the therapy wears off, the problem comes back. So what most people don't realize is if they have a disc problem or uh, you know, a problem with a, a bulging or herniated or degenerative disc or sciatica or a problem in their neck, they really, if it's with the disc, they have two problems, one, the pain, and two, the bad disc. And if you don't address that bad disc and repair it, um, the problem comes back, which ultimately leads to surgery. So it was that day I decided I wanted to treat every patient like a professional athlete, and that's what we've done ever since then. Dr. Saul Kogan, uh, the owner and clinic director of the Nerve and Disc Institute. I would be remiss if I didn't tell you uh, if this is something that interests you, by all means, visit nervediscinstitute.com or call 586 586- 416 disc that's 5864163472 you know that that is so amazing to me dr kogan i you know there's so many things that, that that you brought in there but the one thing that jumps out to me having been in my crazy business now for 27 years is you are absolutely right you you go into the locker room or the inner sanctums of, of so many of these professional and now college teams and the care that they get is, I mean, the best in the world. Why not that offer that to everybody? Well, you know, I mean, it, that, that's a whole conversation with it that can get political and whatever. At the end of the day, I believe if you can do it, you do it and you, yep. you, you provide the best treatment. But it's really a philosophical change, thinking about the newest and the best not thinking about competition of who does what, but working together, but most importantly, always treating the the cause, treating the problem, not the symptom. And I think this has become a huge problem over many years that people want to feel better right now. And, and, And I get that, but if you don't ultimately treat the cause, problems come back. And, and, I will tell you that professional athletes have done, or professionally, professional teams have done a spectacular job of doing just that. They really do. They do a great job of delivering great, great health care to their players. No doubt about that. Uh, once again, Dr. Saul Kogan uh, kindly joining us. He of the Nerve and Disc Institute. Uh, what was your take on uh, the Tua situation a couple weeks back? I mean, just some frightening images images that you know if you played sports perhaps you endured something like that or images quite frankly dr colgan that we're seeing far too much in the sporting world as of late well it's it's terrifying you know i mean these football players are warriors they work hard they go to battle every week 
it's a dangerous sport and there are injuries, you know, and, and if you ask me for the most part, it's not, if you'll get hurt playing professional, professional football, it's when and how bad every week they're repairing and watching that was really, it's terrifying when you see that because you never know what's going to happen. You know, the, the biggest challenge I have is listening to everyone being an expert uh, and, you know, people calling for the coach and the doctors and, 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 you know, everyone's pointing fingers. What I'll tell you being with two professional teams for, God, uh, combined two decades is these doctors and trainers work extremely hard and care about these players. They put the players first. I will tell you that no question. And, and, um, so if anyone doubts that, I, I really, I, I, I'll just tell them they're wrong. And I've gotten to know, because I traveled with the Lions for so many years, I've met these guys, and, and I even personally know some people on, on the Dolphins' staff, I mean, medical staff. And I will tell you that they do put things first. Now, here's, here's the thing. It's the protocol that became the problem, and I was really pleased to read that they they are continuing. They did it pretty quickly, fix that protocol. So the, the challenge is you watch it, you saw that first hit on Sunday, you, you you knew that you knew that there was a problem, but they followed protocol. So the guy the guy w- earlier had a back problem. They noted it. They he 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 came up when he fell. Yes, I mean you know to me there was no question that he had a concussion. But he, he went back with the independent neuro, not the team phys- physician does it, the independent neuro. So there's no real bias there. And he followed the protocol. They found that he followed the protocol. Um, but the protocol wasn't up to par. So they were missing one big thing that they added in, which is the visual aspect of ataxia. So if someone, if someone loses coordination or muscle control, uh, they or 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 problem with speech, they are automatically now put into that concussion protocol, and I think that's a huge step because you know I've seen I've seen players get hit and not have any problem, and from upstairs the, the some you know someone calls down and they they will pull them out and evaluate them. So um, you know I I don't know about pointing fingers. At the end of the day, you have to fix a problem. But I really do believe that these teams, coaches, and staffs do do have the best interests of the players more often. I mean, it, it, really all the time. I mean, I don't know every single guy, but in my experience, that's what it is. Great stuff, Dr. Kogan. Really appreciate the time. And, and again, for people out there that want to tap into what you are doing, I urge you to visit NerveDiscInstitute.com or call 586-416-DISC. That's 586-416-3472. Dr. Saul Kogan from the Nerve and Disc Institute. Uh, Any final words before we bid adieu? Well, I will tell you, uh, Tuma probably needs me right now. So, so, uh, no, really not. I mean, listen. Um, you know, if you have a problem, you want to get to the bottom of it. You know, spine surgery is really a sketchy thing. Sometimes it's necessary, but any good surgeon will always tell you do whatever you can to avoid it. That's what we do. 
Uh, we had an independent um, third party come out to a clinical study. Our success rate and clinically proven is in the mid 90s. So we have a simple philosophy. We won't take someone unless we really believe we can help them. Appreciate your time. Dr. Saul Kogan from the Nerve and Disc Institute. Once again, NerveDiscInstitute.com or 586-416-DISC. That's 586-416-3472. Thank you for the expertise. Keep doing what you're doing and look forward to talking to you again, Dr. Kogan. My pleasure. My, All have right, a great Dr. day. Saul, you do the same, sir. Dr. Saul Kogan joining us on SportsRap here on 760 WJR. Now back to more Sports Wrap. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. All right, Sean Belegian, Eric Dortch sitting in for Chris Renwick tonight on Sports Wrap on 760 WJR. Uh, Eric, I know growing up you played football. I know what a big fan you are, and I want to get your take on what's going on with your Wolverines as well in a moment. Uh, Jason, I, I know that you uh, have one eye on the controls like you always do and one eye on the TV right now. Let's not mix words. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, the true. Cowboys, the Cowboys are leading the Rams 19 to 10, and I've heard people say in the last few weeks, what's wrong with the Rams? What's wrong with Matthew Stafford? And, you know, that question's been yeah. asked a thousand times. And I, I'll tell you what, I, I – I always just sit back, and this is something it took me a while to learn, okay? You cannot put a price tag on the importance of an offensive line and continuity. And the the Los Angeles Rams have neither of them right now. And and it it's showing. And that offense that looked so good and so shiny last year, uh, and, and I'm not taking anything away from your boys, Jason, but I think you'll agree with me yeah. uh, that offensive line has been trouble yeah, for Matthew it, Stafford and the Rams. Yeah, if you even if you go back to the Monday night game last week against the Niners and then the Cowboy game today, Stafford's on his butt all day. There's always somebody in the in the backfield. The Cowboys have the most pressures this year, so I had a feeling if we can get to him, we could we could maybe force a turnover or two, and they did. They scored a defensive touchdown in the first quarter, so you know the Cowboys they 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 might have a controversy at quarterback. They may not, but the defense is really uh, is what's doing it for them right now. Yeah, no doubt about that. They lead the Rams nineteen to ten. Uh, Eric Dorch, I know you are uh, faunching at the bit to talk about your Wolverines. First of all, we hope Mike Hart's okay. Absolutely. Uh, uh, all little brother jokes aside, and I mean that. Um, I, I hope that Mike Hart's okay. I think I speak for everybody when I say that. Uh, quite the scary situation at Memorial Stadium, which I might add, I might be in a party of one. I think that place is a very underrated venue. Have you ever heard anybody say, well, Indiana, I kind of like, I, I like, it's a unique stadium. I, I think it's a pretty cool setup down there in uh, Bloomington. Oh, it looks like a great place. I mean, I, I honestly, having been to a couple uh, different ones over the years, like, college football atmosphere is just so different. Like I, I, I can't really think of a place I've been to where I'm like, yeah, the place wasn't really worth it. I've even been, you know, you know, making the big, the little brother jokes. Not I've been to East Lansing several times for football games, even when Michigan state's playing other teams and it's an enjoyable experience. There's nothing like Saturday college football. It's just an atmosphere. That's very, very hard to replicate. 
Yeah, no doubt about that. What are you thinking about your Wolverines right now? I, I you know what? Mm-hmm. I, I don't care what anybody says. You never apologize for a win. I think all that Coach Harbaugh did last year is he put your expectations as Michigan fans back to the level where so many of you were accustomed to. Now, guess what? Yeah, now you expect to really compete for the divisional title, to to knock off Michigan State, to, dare I say, knock off Ohio State again. And in the process, I think a lot of people want to see Michigan look like world beaters, and they've had their moments, and they've had some not good not so good moments, but at the end of the day, they're still winning football games. Absolutely. The first half of this last game against Indiana was definitely a not so good moment. For a minute there, it looked like it could be a trap game. I see I, I'm I'm in a weird place and I had this conversation with Chris Renwick the other day. Uh that I'm on I'm still on the fence about JJ McCarthy being the starting quarterback in Ann Arbor. I, I like him. He's very talented, but I'm still one of those people like you said that Harbaugh put our expectations back where they needed to be. Well, he did it with a guy who did something we haven't seen in a decade. He get beat Ohio, Cade McNamara, beat Ohio State, won a Big Ten championship, and got us into the playoff. Now, we didn't play well in the playoff, but to me, I look at that, and it's like, well, we already lost a lot of defense. This feels like an unnecessary shuffle to change one more thing. And look, J.J.'s playing great. He had a great game against uh, Indiana last night or yesterday. Second but, half, yep. Yeah, second half. He had a great second half. He played well. He does give you that athletic edge. He's fast. He's aggressive, but you don't need him running all over the place. We need him to move the ball. We have some running backs that are more than capable of doing that, like Blake Corum, who is is playing great football this year. He's off to a great start. They're using him a lot, but I, I'm still kind of up in the air on was this a decision that was favorable or was it questionable? Now, again, Michigan's offense is going to have to figure out how to do this consistently because the defense is playing well, but they still give up too many big plays. They still let everybody stay in it. And when we get to Penn State next week, Ohio State down the road, it's going to be very hard if this offense can't keep pace if the defense does struggle. You know, Eric, it's interesting. You brought up something, and I, I had no intention of talking about this, but you brought up something that I actually, in my long car drives, and when I say long car drives, I mean long car drives this weekend. I drove up to Houghton okay. uh, to call the Wayne State-Michigan Tech game, and it was interesting because one of the conversations that we had uh, was about Michigan and what happened against Georgia last year, and it, it kind of made me chuckle because whether people are want, want to admit this or not, I, I don't care. It, it means nothing to me because I lived it. But a lot of people had fun at the Spartans' expense when they went to the playoff and got absolutely worked by Alabama. Mm-hmm. And uh, as is apt to happen in the state, a lot of that came from some of the Michigan fans. Yep. And this is what happens when you're consistent in life. Uh, in 2015, you know what I told people? What's that? You have nothing to hang your head about. You did what 125 other college football programs wanted to do. You won your conference, and you got to the four-team playoff. Mm-hmm. Fast forward six years, you know what I said last fall? Michigan fans, you have nothing to apologize for. No. You did what 125 other schools across college football wanted to do. You won your conference, and you got to the college football playoff. Of course it didn't end the way that you wanted, and nobody wants to be embarrassed, but my goodness gracious – uh, there's a reason why it's it's college football's version of the Final Four, and you got there, 
and and it was a much needed step for this program. And uh, Coach Harbaugh deserves credit for that, and and to keep it going. I'm with you. I, I my take as an outsider about the quarterback situation at Michigan. Mm-hmm. It always seemed to me that people were talking about what J.J. McCarthy could potentially do as opposed to saying what Cade McNamara wasn't doing. And I thought that, I thought that was poor logic. I mean, it'd be one thing if a guy was playing poorly and, and he lost his job, but, but Eric, I, I don't know. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I made this comparison to Chris the other day. Now you got to go back a little bit in Michigan lore and obviously what this guy did after uh, college makes it seem a lot better. But this to me felt a lot like the Tom Brady, Drew Henson situation. Drew Henson was this new shiny toy who had all this athletic ability and could do so much more than TV or than, than Tom Brady. So they wanted him on the field and he, he played very well. He did. But if you look back at that story, Tom Brady kept getting on the field. Now that's what it felt like to me. We have this shiny toy. We have to use it. We have to use it. We have to use it. And it's like, well, the guy that's playing there now is winning football games for us. I don't know that we can ask much more than that. As long as we're ahead at the end of the game, it doesn't matter if he throws for 100 yards or 500 yards. Winning is what we're here to do. And if, if Cade McNamara gives us the best chance to win, he needs to be on the field. And I just feel like Harbaugh felt too pressured to get J.J. on the field as fast as possible. Yeah, good point there. You know what's interesting? Uh, Indiana was a team uh, not that long ago. Uh Eric Dorch, that it looked like Tom Allen was going to be the new hot name. If you remember, they went eight and five in 2019. Mm-hmm. They had the six and two season in, in the COVID year and, you know, ended up uh, at what number 13 in one poll, number 12 in the other poll. They just have not been able to get it going since then. Two and 10 last year. Uh, they fall to three and three this year. It is difficult to maintain a high level uh, in this conference. And and I, I'm one of those people, sorry, the proof's in the pudding. I think this conference is a step below at least the SEC, and you could argue some other conferences as well. But I think Tom Allen is learning that, ha- or has learned that, and Mel Tucker is learning that as well. Uh, it, is, it is rough right now for Michigan State. We will talk about that, hit on a few other things as well. When we come back, it is Sports Wrap. I'm Sean Belegian. He's Eric Dorch. So glad you can join us wherever you may be tonight, right here on 760 WJR. Now back to more Sports Wrap. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. You know, I am uh, going to bring this up to Bill Keenis during... uh, gridiron wrap coming up in about 15 minutes here on 760 WJR. Eric, you and I were just talking about this during the break. Mm-hmm. I have been in a, uh, a state of disbelief at some of the past interference calls for about, I would say it's about seven, eight years now. I, mm-hmm. I when I was a kid and I would watch a football game, I, I knew what pass interference was probably 19 times out of 20. You know, I might get one wrong one day. I'm I'm not an official, and I'm not saying that I was sitting at home and saying that I was right and the officials were wrong, but 19 times out of 20, I could look at a play and go, oh, yeah, there's the flag, and, and mm-hmm. the flag would fly. I don't know what pass interference is anymore in the National Football League. I don't even pretend to know. 
and what has gotten bad in the last couple of years. And if, if people out there, if you haven't seen it, um, it, it it's out there. It, it's out there. But a roughing the passer play today on Tom Brady at the end of the Falcons Buccaneer game was, I don't even know what to say. I, I honestly, I, he was wrapped up around the hips. The player's momentum took the player to the ground. Tom Brady rolled over the player, right? And rolled on top of the player and over the player onto the ground. And they called that roughing the passer and effectively ended the Falcons' comeback opportunity. I I, I don't know anymore. I really don't. I, I don't know anymore. Uh, look, uh, as a quarterback, a former quarterback, I love roughing, roughing the passer because it means I don't get hurt. But, uh, no, I, I'll agree with you. If you go back and watch that and you take take the name Brady off the back of that jersey and put Fournette or Evans, that is a tackle. That's all it is is a tackle. But they called roughing the passer because it's, you know, it's a quarterback. And I, I'm with you. I don't get it. Uh, I, I made the joke to you before we came back that we're about five years away from it just being touch football back there because you're not allowed to hit the quarterback. And, look, I, I get to some extent you can't. But at the end of the day, they have the pads on. They're playing the, the same game as everybody else. Physicality comes with it. And there are times where you just can't stop. You know, you're coming off the edge. You have to get away from a guy. And it's not as easy as it seems to just put the brakes on being 300 pounds running full force at someone. You obviously don't go into it with the intention of injuring the person, but that was nothing more than a standard tackle. They teach you that in, you know, JV football at Farmington high school. And that's exactly what it was. And the fact that they made that call, it really does start raising the question of, okay, then what's a tackle? Because that's exactly what that was. No doubt about that. Uh, as I mentioned before we went to the break, uh, the Spartans lose 49-20. to 20. Uh, Look, Eric, I don't even know where to start. There are troubles. I know everybody wants to make this about the defense, and, and mm-hmm. we can talk about the defense a lot. There are problems on the offense as well. Make no mistake about that. I think a lot of those problems start with my biggest fear heading into this season. I talked – about it with Chris Renwick uh, week one. And this goes back to something we talked about in our first segment. Uh, the offensive line mm. uh, has not come together. It, it, it was going to be a work in progress. I think anybody that follows Michigan State knew that. Um, the defense has been horrific. Make no mistake about that. But certainly uh, there are issues on both sides of the ball, really all over the place for the Spartans. And, and, You know, it's interesting because so many people, yours truly included, thought, all right, well, they might not get to where they were last year. Let's think to 24 or 23, excuse me, and a lot of the recruits that uh, Coach Tucker has waiting in the wings. Mm -hmm. Uh, Eric, I don't know where they're going to find six games on this schedule. I really don't. I don't know where they're going unless something dramatically changes and drastically changes in the next few weeks. I don't know where they're going to find six wins. I mean, they've got Wisconsin at Michigan at Illinois, who Brett Bielema seems to have them going Mm -hmm. Rutgers at home, Indiana at home and at Penn state. Uh, Good luck trying to find six wins. There are the way things are going right now. It's, it's a tough one. You you highlighted the exact thing I was going to bring up was that offensive line. Look, the, the big thing with this state team is you have to try to be able to establish the run in some form to let that passing game happen. And they were not able to do that. I mean, no, no guy got over nine. They had seven yards rushing as a team. Now, a lot of that was, you know, Thorne 
taking a couple sacks in that. But if you can't establish the run, it's very hard to get the passing game going. And that's what they needed against uh, a team like Ohio State, where you want to hold on to the ball a little bit. Don't give Ohio State as many chances as they had to try to score. So, uh, yeah, finding another couple games in this is going to be very tough. Penn State, uh, you know, Michigan, those are going to be very tough wins or tough games for them to begin with. Uh, Look, at this point, I think it is safe to say look look to next year because there's going to be a lot of talent coming for him uh, in the upcoming year. But the thing I wanted to ask you, uh, I heard this mentioned on the Michigan State broadcast here on WJR yesterday. It was a question asked. We talked about my quarterback. I want to talk about your quarterback, which is Peyton Thorne. At this point in the season, we, we can't put it all on him, and we're not putting it all on him. But they mentioned yesterday in the broadcast, is it time to give uh, Noah Kim a look? And where do you sit on that as the Spartan? You know, it's interesting, Eric, because uh, Peyton hasn't been good. Make no mistake yeah. about that. He's he's only a junior. A lot of it comes from uh, that offensive line. And I so in that regard, I'm trying to keep it in perspective. Uh, with that being said, uh, if you feel that you can light a spark, yes. if, if Noah Kim, the young man from Virginia, can light a spark on this team and provide something different. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I am not placing the blame in uh, Thorne's lap exclusively. There are variables that go into this, but this goes back to what you don't make a change to make a change. If you think that this guy can better your team and light a spark, make the change. And I'll let coach Tucker answer that question. How's that? That's I'm completely with you. If sparks a spark and if that's there, Great, but I'm, you cannot 100% put it on Thorn. but if that's what they feel they need to do, that's what you got to do. I agree with you wholeheartedly. You got it. Hey, buddy, it's always a pleasure. We'll do this again in a couple weeks. Great job tonight, Eric Dorch. Jason Fissler, thank you as well. Don't go anywhere. We're talking nothing but football with Bill Keenis. Next, it's Gridiron Wrap on 760 WJR.